Just because someone says something doesn't make it true. So how do you know what to believe? People can say all kinds of things. It all depends on how strong the evidence is. Are you ready to examine what you believe? Let's take a look on today's episode of Possible or Reasonable. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Possible or Reasonable. I'm Jesse Fernandez, and today I wanted to share with you guys um, and talk about the New Testament. You know, I wanted to share with you guys how I think there are good reasons to trust the New Testament and to believe that it's actually telling us the truth. Um, last week, I talked about the Old Testament and how there are good reasons to believe that the Old Testament is true. And the information that I shared in regards to the Old Testament, you know, the three reasons to support it, um, I learned from a man named Sean McDowell. He actually he actually has a YouTube channel and you can actually, you know, search him up, you know, just search up Sean McDowell and just search up bringing truth to new generation. Um, I really recommend you check out his videos his um, and check out his work. You know, he has a lot of good videos that he's posted and. Um, just answering um, objections and answering questions. And it's just really um, a, another good source to check out. Um, and so the, um, last week's episode of talking about the Old Testament, um, the, the reliability, uh, how the Old Testament is reliable, um, I, was, I got that information, those reasons from, from him and from his video that was titled, you know, is the Old Testament reliable? You know, three solid evidences. And so I really recommend you check out his work and, and see, um, you know, uh, just actually just to check it out. You know, I really recommend you, you do that. I say that because this is this is stuff that I'm learning and I want to share it. Um, and I really want to do it. Uh, and I, I really want to get better and, and share these powerful truths and facts the way that God is leading me to do it. You know, using my own life experiences and strengths that, that God has blessed me with. You know, I want to I want to share these powerful facts to support the truth, but you know, but but come from it in a way that sounds more like you know, sounds more like me and not like the 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 other guys that I'm learning it from. You know, I know that God has opened my eyes and my mind to the importance of apologetics, and so I really want to share this um, content and 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 the and the things that I'm learning. But I've realized that I'm that my episodes that I've been publishing sound much too similar from the guys that I'm learning it from, and I don't want to do that. Rather, I want to learn it and explain it in a way that you, as the audience, can understand it, but also in a way where I come to it from my angle and some examples that I think of. So today, shifting toward the New Testament, the reasons and evidences that I'm going to share to support the New Testament are actually from J. Warner Wallace, where you can follow his work on his website called coldcasechristianity.com, or you can check out his app that he has called Cold Case Christianity. The reasons, the reasons that I'm going to share today are the reasons that I learned from him. I mean, lots of what I've been learning come from men like J. Warner Wallace, you know, Sean McDowell, um, Abdul Murray, Nabil Qureshi, and, and much more, much more apologists, much more people. Um, but as I learn, I want to be able to explain and share this by using my own examples and coming from it in a way that I would share it, you know, still using the strong content and reasons because they're very good reasons. 
but explaining it um, from my point of view. And so I'm very thankful for what I've learned. But now, I, you know, I really, I've been thinking about it. I really need to learn how to explain and articulate this by just being me and doing this in a way that will please God and bring Him glory. So for today's episode, um, we're going to shift towards the New Testament. You know, and when it comes to the New Testament, I think there are four good reasons to trust its reliability. The first reason is one, you know, the first one is, is that it was written early and it was written in the region. The second reason is that it's supported by evidence outside the Bible. The third reason is that the story of Jesus remains the same every time um, um, it's reported. And fourth, the fourth reason is that there's no bias. I mean, no bias. Uh, the authors possess no bias. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, now, it's fair if someone was to ask, you know, why trust the Bible? I think that's a fair question to ask. Because if you really think about it, if I'm supposed to live my life in reflection of what the Bible is telling me, don't you think I'm supposed to, you know, at least have some good reasons to trust it? Uh, you know, don't you think I ought to know why I can trust this and why it's true? You know, if I, if I want to follow God faithfully and wholeheartedly, um, I want to I actually know if this is true. Not just because, you know, the book tells me to do it or just because it says so. I want to know, if, is there any good reasons to trust it? And, and is there any good reasons to believe that it's trustworthy? So, you know, the New Testament, you know, when it comes to the New Testament, the, the New Testament is a collection of 27 books. And from the 27, four of these books are actually gospel accounts. They were written by eyewitnesses or someone who had a close connection to an eyewitness. And these four gospel accounts claim to be reliable eyewitness accounts of Jesus's life, ministry, death, and resurrection. Now, it's fair to test these accounts to see if they're actually true. Asking, question, asking questions like, you know, were the New Testament records written early enough to have been um, read and written by true eyewitnesses? Um, two, um, can, can, can they be corroborated or verified in some way? Three, has the story changed over time? And four, does, the, does it possess a bias? Do these writers, do these writers possess a bias? You know, asking those questions, I think it's fair to ask those questions to see if it's actually, to see if these, um, if it passes the, this criteria, this these guidelines, you know. And if these accounts, if these documents, the New Testament documents, if these accounts are able to pass these kinds of tests, I think it's fair to accept them as reliable and that it's telling us the truth of what really happened 2,000 years ago. So reason number one to believe you know that the new testament is trustworthy and that it's telling us the truth is is that it was written early and it was written in the region it was written in the region you know think about it you have a message calling people to repent and place their faith upon the risen savior that would have never thrived or continued on if the jews had not seen jesus alive after his crucifixion and had the tomb not been empty. You know, what am I talk what am I talking about? The Jews they said that they saw Jesus, right? That Jesus rose from the dead. Well, that message would have never um continued or it would have never grown um 
big and have and and and, and worldwide if if the tomb was actually still occupied you know if jesus was still in the grave and people were able to spot it out and say look here here he is he's not he, he didn't rise from the dead he's here's his grave here's his body they could have squashed the whole movement right but that never happened and not only did christianity originate in jerusalem but it actually thrived in jerusalem you know you have all these people now following christ and converting to this new belief system convinced that they actually saw jesus you know a lot of these people you know as scriptures declare you know 500 people saw jesus at one at, at, you know at, at one point at the same time and so i think it's important to to realize that you know it was written in the region so if this wasn't true people who actually knew jesus people who actually knew that jesus died would have been able to spot this out and say this isn't true but that never happens and also it was written early and i think that's another important aspect in that you know you can lie about somebody if everybody who knew, who knew the truth is already dead right you can make up a story right of a legend a tale right about a person or about a, a an event if everyone who, who would have known the truth is already dead but the fact that this is written early enough and it's written in the region, I think that's a very powerful reason because the people who would have known if this is true or not, they would have been able to spot this out and, and been able to see, hey, this is true or hey, this is, this is totally made up. And so I think that's another good reason in that, you know, these documents, these records were written early, which means that they would have been read by true eyewitnesses and been able to it would have been um, spotted out by those who would have um, seen this. And they were also written in the region where those who would have, um, you know, uh, if, if what the disciples were teaching was false, there would have been those who would have been able to expose them and, and disprove them. But that never happened. And, and, and so I think that's another that's, so I think that's the first good reason to believe that the New Testament is reliable and trustworthy is that it was written early and it was written in the region. This this excuse me, man, these emails. The second reason to believe that the New Testament is telling us the truth is that it's supported with evidence outside the Bible. You know, asking the question, can it be supported in some way? And yes, you know, there are many discoveries that support the biblical text. That, archaeolo that archaeologists have been able to verify over the years, such as locations and objects. For example, Herod's, pa Herod's palace has been discovered. This palace is described in Mark chapter 6. This is the place where John the Baptist was held in custody and he was killed. Uh, and so this place has been discovered to this day. A Jewish historian named Josephus mentions this. Another discovery is the synagogue in Capernaum which is a city in Israel. And this is the place where Jesus would, would often teach. This is where, the place where Jesus often taught. And I've actually gone to Israel and I've been to this certain place and it was really cool to visit and it was an amazing experience, you know? So there is archeological discoveries that support the Bible and what it talks about. But not only that, there are, there are, there's also historians and sources outside the Bible that support the biblical text. People such as Josephus, who was a Jewish historian, he writes about Jesus in his document called Antiquities of the Jews. Um, another historian, 
um, his name was Cornelius Tacitus. He was a Roman historian who was a senator under Emperor uh, Vespasian. In his document titled Annals, which are records, in other words, Tacitus describes Emperor Nero's response to the great fire in Rome. Now, Nero was the emperor at that time, and Tacitus describes that Nero claimed that the Christians were the ones to blame for this incident. So what we have here are these writings from historians um, and really from people who have no sympathy toward Christianity. Here you have these writings confirming the Bible and confirming that Jesus was a real person and that there are these followers of Christ called Christians. And, and, and you have all these different sources and writings that confirm the Bible and what the Bible actually says. And so that's another and that's the second good reason to believe um, the New Testament, um, its reliability is that there's evidence outside the Bible to, um, to support it and to verify it. The third reason for the, New Testament, for the New Testament's reliability is that the story of Jesus is reported the same. You know, it doesn't change over time. You know, because think about it, you know, we see the story of Jesus and, you know, these miracles that Jesus performs and all these um, supernatural acts that he that he does. Um, how, how do we know that these weren't just added later on throughout the years? What if those things were just, um, you know, like I said, things added throughout the years? What if he was just uh, an amazing rabbi who preached amazing sermons? How do we know that? those miracles weren't just added later on. Um, and I think that's a good question to ask and to, to think about, you know, and so that's why I think it's important, you know, to see, you know, is there any, you know, documentation from, from people who learned after um, the disciples, you know, and there is, you know, one of Jesus's disciples named John, he had three disciples of his own you know, named Ignatius, Papias, and Polycarp. And from those guys, there's been, we've been able to um, recur, recover some some of the letters to this day. There are some of their letters that still survive to this day that they wrote, these they, these um, these disciples of John, they wrote these letters to, to other churches. And, and, um, and so we have these letters to this day. They're not in our New Testament, but they still survive to this day. And it tells us what these guys learned from the prior generation, from from their teacher, which was John, who was the disciple of Jesus. And if you were to trace back and, and keep on going to the next link and to the next link, you know, Ignatius, Papias, and Polycarp, you know, see, okay, who's their student? And then you see, okay, okay, from that guy, what did this guy learn from these guys? If you were to see, you know, what what they're learning from and, and, and to see is the story of Jesus changing over time, you're going to find out that nothing's added to the story of Jesus. You know, from the very beginning, Jesus was described the same way. You know, he was born of a virgin. He was, you know, he preached amazing sermons. He worked incredible miracles. And he died on the cross and he rose from the dead. And he ascended into heaven. All the miraculous stuff was there from the beginning. It wasn't added later. So you're going to, we're going to find out that the story of Jesus is 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 consistent and it's accurate and it's it's reported um it's the same every time when it's reported it doesn't change over time and so that's another strong fact is you know is that the story of jesus remains the same 
Um, and we know that we have the, you know, we can trace back and know that these, we have the reliable um, accounts um, from the originals. And reason number four to trust that the New Testament is trustworthy is that the authors do not possess a bias. You know, they had no reason to lie. You know, because that's, that's something to think about. You know, were these writers just telling a lie to, to just get something out of this? But honestly, when you read the New Testament and you read the gospel accounts, you're going to find out that, no, they don't possess a bias. They don't possess a bias. They had no gain, you know, for themselves. You know, there are only three reasons why a person would commit a crime. You know, there's only three areas in which, a, in which someone would be driven in such a way to, to commit a crime. The first is financial greed. The second is lust. And the third is pursuit of power. So were the apostles trying to get rich by preaching the gospel and by sharing the truth? Well, if you read the if you read the New Testament, you're gonna find out that no, this wasn't um, a, you know a try to get rich um, tactic and 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 um, idea. You know, this wasn't something that was for their benefit. You know, most of them didn't even have a job. They were supported um, by other by other missionaries or supported by other people because they themselves were missionaries. Um, so no, they didn't. They weren't driven by financial greed. Were they driven by lust? Well, no, they weren't trying to get wives out of this, you know, this story. And they weren't trying to get, you know, um, wives from, from sharing the truth. So it can't be that, you know. So it wasn't that area. What about pursuit of power? Were they driven um, by trying to reach a certain level of authority? Were they trying to gain this um, uh, amount of power? You know, and I think that, you know, when you think about it, if you read the New Testament, you know what these guys went through, you know, what the what the apostles went through in order to preach the gospel, especially especially in an area where, it's very, where it was very um, um, hostile and, and there was so much opposition. And, and the fact that they were willing to suffer and then die for what they claimed to see. And none of them ever, you know, changed their mind. And none of them ever recanted their story. I think that's very powerful. Because you know the depth of, somebody, of somebody's conviction by the price they're willing to pay for it. You know, the fact that they didn't change their mind. You know, let's say someone was, you know, gonna, in a sense, have the, they have an axe in their hand. They're like, okay, you know, deny Jesus or we're going to kill you. You know, none of them ever say like, okay, okay, this was all just a... You know, something we made up, you, you got us, you got us, please put away the axe, don't don't hurt me. No, none of them ever did that. But yet they were willing to suffer and willing to die for what they claimed to see. Now, the difference between these guys, the apostles, and today, you know, if someone was to die for their faith, is that is that these guys actually were there. They saw the risen Jesus. If they didn't, they would know that they're lying. Why would you die for something if you knew it was a lie? You know, if I was to die today for my faith and I was, you know, martyred um, for my faith, all someone could really say is, wow, Jesse was a, you know, he was a follower of Jesus and he really believed what he believed. But the difference is I didn't see the risen Jesus. I wasn't there. These guys were actually there. 
So if they said that they saw the risen Jesus and, and then they um and then they died for it, you know, why would you die for something if if it wasn't really true? And so the fact that they were willing to do this and, and they were willing to go on with it is because I, I really do believe that they were convinced that they saw the risen Jesus and they did and that they did see the risen Jesus. And so that's the fourth fact, is that these authors did not possess a bias. They had no reason to lie. There was no um, gain for them in and of this. And so for me, I've come to the conclusion for myself that the four gospel accounts in our Bible are actually reliable and they contain the actual words of Jesus himself. I believe the Bible because it's true, because it's telling us the truth of what really happened 2,000 years ago. Thank you so much for tuning in on today's episode. I hope you guys look at the evidence for yourself and see how powerful and compelling the facts are so you can be certain of why this is true. I learned all this and I hope you all decide to look at it for yourself. You know, once again, I really recommend you check out Jay Warner Wallace's work at coldcasechristianity.com or download his app called Cold Case Christianity. These reasons and evidence and evidences are things that I learned um, from, from his works and from his videos. And so I really recommend you check his website out. So guys, thank you so much. And I hope um, you guys have a really good week. And until, until next week, um, God bless you guys. And I, I just pray that you guys be blessed.